Direct from Newstalk ZB's team at Parliament, the Beehive Buzz. Beehive Buzz. Newstalk ZB chief political reporter Aaron Darman joins me. So, Aaron, good morning. Good morning, Nick. How's it going? Great, thank you. What's been the reaction about the Queen dying in the House? Look, it's been obviously uh, for many a week of sombre reflections, often dressed uh, in black uh, since Friday, since the Queen's passing early Friday morning, uh, since I was woken up uh, with, a, with a call from our newsroom, uh, since the Prime Minister was woken up uh, with a torchlight and a police officer uh, in her bedroom uh, to say, hey, look, the Queen, is, the Queen has passed away. Um, you need to get down here and, uh, and address the nation. Uh, since all that has happened, and then over the weekend as well, recognising King Charles III in a formal ceremony on Parliament's steps, uh, it has been uh, a week of reflection. And Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern kicked things off on a motion on Tuesday to remember the Queen uh, when the House sat to honour Her Majesty. And in that speech, she talked about especially the fond memories she's had of phone calls uh, with Her Majesty, especially during the COVID pandemic. She asked, for instance, about Anzac Day commemorations. I remember describing to her how we marked it during lockdown and wondering what she would make of it. We all stood at the end of our driveways, Your Majesty, in the dark. Some played the radio and you could hear the last post while we stood there silently next to our neighbours. She paused for a long time. Well, that sounds rather moving, she said. After the motion was observed on Tuesday, Parliament went, went home again for the week as a sign of respect adjourned until after the Queen's funeral on Monday. But that didn't go down so well with Greens co-leader Marama Davidson, who also... The extended period uh, that Parliament will adjourn for means important legislation will be delayed. Select committees will not have the opportunity to be briefed by ministers and hold them to account or to hear from members of the public. I'm glad she's doing something, Aaron. Well, well, she's 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 certainly not happy um, with with the way that the adjournment has played out. She reckons we should have had a shorter period uh, because a lot of legislation. Also, this week, important to note though, 50 years since a landmark petition uh, to bring Maori language and revitalise Te Reo Maori was um, was brought here to Parliament, and there was going to be a special debate from what we understand in Parliament, but that was um, kicked down the uh, down the road. And actually, uh, from what I from what I can get, it won't be happening because that was. Uh, this week in um, Te Wiki or Te Reo Māori. Uh, so there was, uh, there was some uh, frustration that that didn't go ahead. And, uh, yeah, Marama Davidson also wanting to open the discussion, as does the Māori Party, again, about whether or not New Zealand becomes a republic. What do you think, Nick? Um, I, I'm sorry, I'm a bit of a Queen lover, but I also went past Parliament yesterday at lunchtime and there was a huge crowd there, wasn't there? It was it was a beautiful event. I was down there as well. Um, there was yeah, there was uh, Waiata, there was uh, uh, Deputy Prime Minister Grant Robertson, also Māori Development Minister Willie Jackson, uh, addressing the crowd. And it was one of those events where where the politicians were a bit a bit a bit more relaxed, a bit looser. It was a it was a chance to commemorate, but also to celebrate the revitalisation of Te Reo Māori. And uh, and all in all, it was it was quite a moving, rousing. Uh, uh, moment to, to reflect on the language, the, the journey of the language, because there was a time in this country where it was almost extinct and it, and it was brought back effectively from extinction. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations to all involved. What on earth's going on in Queenstown with this big spy meeting that we're just finally hearing about it? Five eyes. I'm calling a secret spy season in the scenic South, Nick. Our newsroom understands 
American spooks are gathering in Queenstown for this clandestine meeting of the Global Five Eyes Intelligence Network. And you know what we love? We love clandestine. What's going on? We want to know. I, I should get on the next plane down there. But look, representatives of Five Eyes made up of intelligence agencies from New Zealand, Australia, the US, Canada and Britain have been quietly jetting into the Alpine resort, resort town. And it's understood FBI operatives have been on the ground for several days. Now, after inquiries from the Herald, Andrew Little, the minister responsible, he confirmed the gathering, responsible for the NZSIS and GSB, he confirmed the gathering, but he revealed, quote, look, it's not in national security interest to provide any further details. And Nick, I also just have for you some very breaking news. This is News Talk ZB Breaking News. In the midst of chaos, there's always opportunity. Those are the words of Finance Minister Graham Robertson this morning, and it's right on cue. We've just received the very latest GDP figures for the June quarter, and New Zealand has avoided entering a technical recession. New Zealand has avoided, Nick, entering a technical recession. Stats and Z figures show GDP increased 1.7% in the June quarter. That comes on the back of a 0.2% fall in the first quarter of the, of the year. So we've bounced back. 1.7% GDP in the June quarter. Uh, of course, there were a number of predictions around what the GDP figure would be, but 1.7 we've just had to hand. Wow, that's I mean that's good news, isn't it? Is it as is it much higher than we thought it was going to be? Well, it is. It, it's one of those things where the predictions were just all over the shop. Some were saying, "Hey, we're going to go back into the negative." Some uh, said we're going to avoid a technical recession. Grant Robertson also uh, flagged a little bit in the speech this morning. Uh, you know, the possibility of recession, but we've done a Harry Houdini, we've got out of there alive, and we're on 1.7%, so it is, it is a good day, and it will be a good day for Grant Robertson. Oh, fantastic. Now, Aaron, you've got another exclusive yesterday, or I heard you had another exclusive yesterday, uh, that you revealed there's been, there's been some stuff taking place in Spring Hill Correction Centre. Can you tell us, uh, how, you know, there's, there's been havoc there, can you tell us what's going on? What a prison palaver. I revealed this week that out-of-control inmates have caused bedlam at Waikato's Spring Hill Prison. It's prompted a lockdown. It's landed at least 20 prisoners in segregation after a series of assaults. Now, that includes, get this, five separate violent incidents over the past fortnight alone. That includes attacks sending staff to hospital. It includes injuries to other prisoners. And think of it like this. On Sunday morning, two inmates get into a fight in the yard. Then four other prisoners attack a fellow inmate in a different unit. And while that's going on, officers put a group of prisoners into the jail's programs room. They say, hey, we need to sort out these assaults, so you guys stay here uh, and we'll get to you in a second. So what do those prisoners do? Well, they destroy the kitchen area and the furniture. Now, that prompted code red over the PA speakers and a 45-minute lockdown. It turns out Calvin Davis, corrections minister, was made aware of the chaos on Sunday morning via text message. But for some reason, he didn't pick up the phone for more details. In an exclusive interview with Davis, I put that to him. In the past fortnight, there have been five separate incidents at Spring Hill involving staff ending up in hospital. Uh, one staff member required a dental assessment. Obviously, this incident or three incidents on, on Sunday. Why not pick up the phone and give them a call? Spring Hill sounds like a mess. Uh, no, it's not. Uh... Uh, but the reality is it is a prison. We, um, well, Corrections deals with some of the uh, most uh, complex people in society. Uh, we have a number of gang members who have been uh, locked up, uh, people with mental health issues, people with uh, drug and alcohol problems. I can't help look at the situation and think it is a mess. 
And I can't help thinking that Davis has just been a complete waste of time in everything he's done. That's my personal thought. I'm not putting that in your mouth. But when is when's the last time he's done anything right? Well, I think Corrections Minister Calvin Davis is very confident that the way that he is moving in that correction of portfolio is the right direction. He's getting people out of prison. He really likes to talk about the lowering prison population. Uh, he says we're moving more people into rehabilitation. But the issue is, is that when you do that, you end up with more people in that middle ground and that rehab uh, kind of space, which sometimes can end up with, yeah, people, again, on the street that should perhaps be in prison or people that are accessing rehabilitation programs that in one area of the country aren't as effective as in another area because, of rehab- because of course, rehabilitation is something that is so dependent on the relationships between the practitioners, the people involved, and also the inmates and prisoners themselves. It is a very difficult portfolio uh, to really get on top of, but it needs to be doing more. And these types of events just do not serve uh, an element of confidence in his leadership and that of correction. Just quickly before I let you go, this morning you've uncovered some staggering gang numbers. Give me those numbers. Yes, yeah, so we've also obtained figures this morning that show New Zealand now has 8,019 patched or prospect gang members. That's an increase of almost 200 since the end of June. Of course, these numbers do wax and wane. It's often easy to get on the list, but difficult to get off it. Police Minister Chris Hipkins says it's used as a police intelligence tool, not a statistically reliable measure. It doesn't necessarily reflect crime committed. But I put that to ACT Police spokesperson Chris Bailey. He says Labor's seen increases throughout its time in power. We've seen over the last few years that the gangs have been able to act almost with impunity, driving the streets and and in their flash cars and flash motorbikes. Now, important to note, the government, of course, has taken steps towards uh, action in recent months. We've got tougher penalties for drive-by shootings, police seizure powers, targeting gang assets. But this is certainly an ongoing issue. Thanks, Aaron. And we are hearing uh, that they are using those powers and doing things. I mean, there's been a couple of um, big pickups lately of flash cars and some cash I've been reading about. So they're obviously doing something about it. But thanks, Aaron Darman. Thanks for joining us this morning. That's Beehive Buzz with News Talk ZB's chief political reporter, Aaron Darman.